This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. You get me. We get you, sir! Welcome to the Roughnecks. Ratchets Roughnecks! <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Just a reminder, all Starting Strength seminars will be in Wichita Falls for calendar 2021. Next seminar up on the list is going to be in April, April 16th through the 18th, then June 11th through the 13th, and we've just added August 13th through the 15th. For camps on the list, we have a coaching development camp at Starting Strength Houston on March 13th. That's going to cover how to coach the power clean. Then we have a squat camp coming up in Dallas at Starting Strength Dallas on March 13th. For squat and deadlifts camps coming up, we have Austin at Starting Strength Austin. That'll be March 28th. And then another one at Starting Strength Houston on April 24th. Robert Santana is coming out of his cave in Arizona to do put on a nutrition camp in Houston at Starting Strength Houston. That'll be on March 13th. And then, of course, the multitude of meets at Testify Strength and Conditioning in Omaha this spring and summer. Starting Strength Gyms can't stop, won't stop, continue to add cities to the list and new head coaches here and there where you can come in and train with a coach for less than 30 bucks a session. Shout out to Ray Gillenwater of Starting Strength Gyms for not fast forwarding through my preamble so he could hear this. For more information on Starting Strength Gyms, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as always, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday. And the way you know it's Friday is because yesterday was Thursday. I'm sure you noticed that. So here we are on a Friday, Starting Strength Radio. And uh, we're going to talk about just whatever comes to mind today. I've got some ideas about some stuff to talk about. But but first... It is necessary to review comments Comments. from From the the haters haters. because this always adds so much to the program and these people are also ingenious and their contribution is incalculable. It really is. For example, Michael Mexico, is that racism? When you say it, it is. <laughs> when I say it, it's racism? Yeah. Well, he typed Here, it. watch. Michael Mexico, not yeah, racist. you're dark enough. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it like that. Do you know why? Because I don't see race. <laughs> Saying that as a white man is racist. I, right. I'm sure it is. I, it hadn't occurred to me that you're dark. I just thought you always needed a bath. <laughs> just wash all that brown shit off of it. Do I still have a job? It washes off. I mean, if you'll just, you know, soap, water, that sort of shit. 
<laughs> do I need to go dedicate my life to online coaching now? <laughs> dedicate your life to online coaching. I'd rather see you join the priesthood. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, back to Michael, Mexico. Notice it doesn't say Michael, Nicaragua. <laughs> it says Michael, Mexico. Because in Michael's mind, there's a hierarchy here. There's no internet in Nicaragua. <clears throat> and Nicaragua's just beneath his... There's no internet. Oh, oh no internet no. in Nicaragua. It's a jungle. Yep. Naked savages. The one city, and it was leveled in 1972 in right. a big earthquake, and that was it. That's... They had never rebuilt Communism it. ever since. Communists yep. running around with little spears made out of bamboo and shit. Stabbing anyone who disagrees with them. Stabbing capitalists. Yeah. Chasing them down. Capitalist running dogs. <laughs> this man, here's Michael. This man has been bulking his whole life for this moment and it shows. And he's looking at the 500-pound deadlift that I did five years ago when I was 60. On my birthday five years ago. This is just remarkable to Michael. Yeah. That someone could pull 500 with a belly. That's right. See, Michael thinks that you have to have abs to pull. Michael deadlifts with a hex bar. I'm sure of it. Michael doesn't deadlift. Well, yeah, he does. Michael he does hex do, bar. Michael doesn't do shit except type on the internet. Yeah. Oh, and here's a one. Here, this is an interesting comment. Making a shake with Rip and Katia. Classic video. Classic video. My little friend Katia and I are making a shake out of a diet orange soda and right. unflavored whey protein. And Blake Spire says, this is disgusting. <laughs> this, is, this is just, it's so refreshing to know that <laughs> there are people this fucking stupid. Poor Blake. David Lee says, Rip has one of the most rounded upper backs I've ever seen that he's ever seen. The older I get, the less and less I enjoy his dogmatic view on weight training. <laughs> what is the dogma these people are talking about? That you have to train with weights? I don't know. He wants to use bands. I don't know. It's, it's having an opinion and being able to back it up, I guess. They, it's considered dogma. That's dogma, right? Dogma. Logic. Because I said so, right? right? The old assistant principal yep. line from high school. Because I said so. Things like dogma. Or, uh, now, that's dogma. Things like, right? yeah, things like uh, logic, you know, yeah. principles. Stogma. See what the cup says? No stupid people beyond this point. You got it right there. I think they got the point. Ah, they probably got the point. All right. Now, uh, someone by the name of Eddie Suarez. Is that racism? 
Yes, also racism. This is the only negative video about this bar I could find. He's talking about the trap bar. Well, I did the why the trap bar is completely useless. Needless to say, I'm getting one. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could sell a piece of equipment. Hey, no shit. You probably sold, You've probably sold a bunch of trap bars. I, you know, will will Sorenex send us a fucking? Commission? No, those are too expensive. YouTubers it. don't buy Sorenex bars. What do they buy? Uh, whatever. Who they, makes cheap ones? I don't know. Whoever sells shit at Academy, you know those. Academy has these pieces. Oh of yeah. Shit? Oh yeah. Do they? Yeah. I don't know what brand they are. Some China, some stuff from China. Okay. This is a good one here. L O L. Can you believe this fat end owns <laughs> an athletics club? Period. Now, that's a YouTube comment. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> that LOL, can you believe this fat B-E-L-L-E-N-D owns an one single quote, athletics club, single quote, period. There we go. That's true to form. That's much now better. That's a, much that's better. a YouTube comment, right? And Ham Bone 950 says, moving hands like lobster. <laughs> He's new. He must be new to the channel. <laughs> There's still some good ones out there. There are. I like the, the LOL. Can you it's, believe yeah. this fat bell end? What owns. is a bell end? <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's, what, uh, that's actually a word? Yeah, yeah the uh, um, English. Bell end? Yeah. How do they pronounce it? Bell end. Bell end. Yeah, so like two words. Head of a dick. Because it looks like a bell? Oh, that's funny. Oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Wow. Now I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's this week's coming, coming. from um, the heater. We need to have an episode, and okay. we don't even have to record this. We just need to have an episode of nonstop comments from the haters. Just take all the old ones, put them together into one hour just and a half. An hour and a half where I oh, read man. comments and from the haters. And just people would be dying laughing in their car. People would enjoy that, wouldn't yeah. they? I think we should do that. Because I think that... Maybe episode 100 should just be comments from the haters. Well, it's coming up pretty quick. Yeah. We have to get her on it, get Bree on it. Yeah. We haven't fired her yet, have we? No. Well, then she's still eligible to... Do that. To do that, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see about that. We'll think about that. See if we think it's a good idea. It does seem as though most people enjoy that segment. Right. They listen to that, and then they turn to rest. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. As everybody I've ever introduced to the podcast, the first thing they tell me is, oh, my God, comments from the haters. It's the greatest thing ever. And then they don't yeah. say shit about anything else. No, nothing else talk about. is even penetrated. Right. So. Well, uh, all right. So what I thought we'd talk about today is, uh, oh, just some, I'm just going to ramble here about some, some general thoughts that I've had over the years about strength. 
All right, this uh, starting strength is not like everybody else's ship, okay? And it's it's difficult to explain to most people why we don't care about your abs, all right? Because the first words in the book are physical strength is the most important thing in life. This is true whether we want it to be or not. That's on the introduction to the blue book. Physical strength is the most important thing in life, and this is true whether we want it to be or not. Now, that seems rather uh, dogmatic. Dogmatic. Doesn't it? That's the dogma, I guess. That's a dogmatic approach to things. But it's dogma in the same sense that 2 plus 2 equals 4. 2. 2. Count now. Always true. Right? Physical strength is the entire basis for your physical existence. And by strength, we mean production of force against an external resistance. And that external resistance is everything but you. And when you interact with everything but you, that's you and the environment. That's you interacting with the floor, with this table, with a sack of groceries, with your passionate lover, if you're so fortunate as to have one. Right? You interacting with your knife and fork and the plate of food on the table. There are people who can't feed themselves, you know. Yeah. Because they're not strong enough. Yep. Right? There are people who can't get up off the pot by themselves. You know, you'd had to have had the experience of walking in the bathroom and finding your father stuck sitting on the toilet because he wasn't strong enough to get himself up off of the toilet, having been there for three hours. You haven't had that experience. Then you don't understand. What I'm talking about, physical strength, is the most important thing about your physical existence. Now, I understand that passing you know, differential equations is important to some people, all right? And... Passing differential equations is not a physical expression of strength. But let's say you could pass diff E from your wheelchair. Could be done. Do you think your life would be better off passing diff E from the wheelchair than it would be if you could walk into class, sit down in the desk, attend the class, get up and leave, walk into the final, and make the same A that the guy who made an A from the wheelchair made. Which is better? Well, you know, I, there, there's not any point arguing about this because... Physical strength is the deal, and it's 
it's a, such an important deal that if you don't have it, then you need to, to stop doing everything else until you get it, and everything about you will be better. All right? Uh, this is why strength training is so important. As a, <clears throat> as, you know, th- and th- this is a really important point because as a 26-year-old, 27-year-old younger man reading the first line of the book, the f- my first instinct was to say, uh, that's cute. It's not true. Right. But that's that's pretty cool. You know, this, yeah, this we insane, hear that a lot. This know. insane, you know, Texan is saying this shit. That's pretty cool. Let me read the rest of this book. But it's actually it's actually true. It's a hundred percent true. You, and it has to soak in a little while right. before you understand that it's actually true. It seems like a sim- like an oversimplification of human existence, but it's not. It's absolutely not an oversimplification. It's not. And even even when you consider, so there's you know you start thinking about emotional health, so to speak, uh, you know mental health. Uh, th- these are all at a, at a at a high level. These are things that are intimately related to your physical existence. Yes. Too. So. Yes. And what most people do not understand is that all of those things are influenced by your physical existence exactly your mental health is quite often a function of your physical existence quite often yep it's impossible to divorce the physical from the mental the intellectual spiritual any of these other more ephemeral aspects of human existence cannot be divorced from the physical body in which all of those things reside all right. Uh, I I tried to get our friend Ronnie Hamilton to write an article about this. Ronnie's not a writer, and he couldn't he couldn't sit down and articulate it well enough. But he explained it to me one day. He was hauling me down to Dallas for something, and he got to talking about how much his. Uh, Self-perception had changed after he started training with weights. Yep. <clears throat> but he also said something very interesting. He, he made the point that the people around him perceived him to be different after he started training with weights. And I found that to be interesting. And I said, are you sure this is not something that you just have cooked up in your little brain. And he said, no, 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 it's not. It's, uh, you know, he reads people real well. He's a terribly successful man, and he understands human interaction at a level that lots and lots of people have no idea that exists even. And he said that after I started lifting weights, I noticed that and once I you know a couple of years he's talking about he stands differently he appears to be different his neck's bigger traps arms forearms hands everything looks different but he stands differently he presents himself differently because of the process that getting strong uh, requires of the human brain he is a you know you're you're different after you know, 
couple of years of training, you just don't, you're not, you don't think about yourself the same way you did prior to that. And other people sense this and, and regard you differently as well. And, uh, this is a this is a fascinating observation. Well, why does he think that is? I, I think it's because you get you have control over the process. Yes, you you have control. You walk in. You you have to make a decision to do the mm-hmm. task, and that's important when you're a twelve year old, thirteen year old kid. Um, it's important with when you're this, a fifty five exactly. year old man too. Because uh, it's extremely important right. when you're a fifty five year old man. If you had never gone through that process right. before. Yep. The process of getting strong is uh, it's a a process. It's not going by the gym on the way home from work and changing clothes and coming out and fucking around on a dumbbell rack and doing some leg extensions and riding the bike and going and taking a sauna and rinsing off and going home. That's That's not training. That's just fucking around at the YMCA. Right, training is the process that you assign to yourself. Uh, that involves the identification of a task. I want to be stronger. I'm willing to get stronger. The the research involved in learning about what that requires, and most importantly, the application of this process in a systematic analytical fashion over time we start here nine months later we're here and all of that space in between the training is the process that you have applied to yourself you have consciously decided you're going to do this task you come to the gym with a task in mind every day you don't just wander in and uh, see what device is free for me to wiggle my hands and feet around on. You know, you don't. That's not. That's not the process. You come to the gym and you've got a notebook and you've got today's workout written down already. You know what you're going to do. You know what you have to do. You know, furthermore, that it's a little bit heavier than the last time you came in. So you got to push on something harder today. You decide to do that. And the execution of this task you've assigned to yourself makes you stronger. And your control over that process is what is what Nick is talking about. But it's also the realization that you can change your physical existence. You can change if you and if you can change your physical existence, you can change any aspect right. of your existence. That's right. And that trips a switch yep. in your brain that most people never have tripped. Most people are the helpless servants of their surroundings. Like, go in the grocery store. Everybody in there but you has got a fucking mask on. Why? Well, because they're supposed to. We're suppo- Why are you wearing a mask? Well, because I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to wear a mask. Why don't you have a mask on? Because I choose not to have a mask on. And to most people, this is just incomprehensible. But you're supposed to have a mask on. 
That's this is what we're supposed to do. We're all supposed to act a certain way. And we have no control over this because this is what everybody else expects of us, so we so we have to do it. But those of us who are in actual control of our existence have learned that that's not true. It's not true. And I'm not talking about all the research that says mass or bullshit. I'm, you know, you all know that too, but you wear them anyway, right? Because you're supposed to. Strength training places absolute control of your physical existence in your hand in the hands of you because you're the guy that goes to the gym, that gets under the bar, that warms up, that loads today's assigned work set, assigned by you, not by me, by you, loads it onto the bar, takes the first set of five out. It's heavy. It's hard. You do it anyway. You rest 10 minutes. You take the second set of five out. It's heavy and hard. You do it anyway. And then you take the third set out after another 10 minutes rest, and you do the first rep, and it's hard. And the second rep is hard. The third rep is harder. The fourth rep is heavy. And you stand under that bar, and you say to yourself, you know, this last rep is going to be real, real heavy, and I don't know if I can do it. And you say to yourself, because the process has taught you to say this to yourself, well, I'm going to try it. If it doesn't go, it doesn't go. But I'll never know if I can do it if I don't carry it to the bottom and drive it back up. And so that's what you do. Now, all of these people walking around outside the gym you know, stumbling through the day, doing what they're supposed to do, behaving in ways that are expected of them, have taken the path of least resistance. You, on the other hand, have placed your existence under your own control. Now, most people don't have the balls to do that. And in fact, you may not have had the balls for that last set of that last rep or that last set of five when you started. But what happened during the process of going from nothing to today's heavy set of five has taught you balls. It's taught you balls. Balls are teachable. And there's no better way to learn about having some balls about you than to do hard stuff that you don't know for sure you can complete. Assigning yourself a difficult physical task teaches you something here. Okay? It's not just for your squat. It's not just for your total. It's not just for the PR. It's here. 
because it takes something that most people don't have to get to the end of that last set of of five heavy squats and say to yourself, well, may get hurt. Could happen. But I've just done four, only got one left, might as well try it. That's having some balls about you, okay? And it carries over. This is so goddamn important. I don't, I, you know. There's, there's, you, not, there's you, not many ways in, in modern life that are not inherently risky and that are accessible to everyone that allows you to do this. You know, because you can get this done in other ways. You could, uh, I don't know, you could sign up for a boxing match or do some insane shit like that. Go, go be a Navy SEAL or something. Yeah. But, but that's not, you know, this is available to everybody. This it's is available to everybody it's low that's risk. not 21 years old. It's low, right. This is available to your 55-year-old dad. Yep. Right? Yep. This is available to the father of the Navy SEAL, whereas Navy SEAL is not available to him. That time is long past. Anyone can train and do it our way. That's dogma, I know. But so is math. You know, arithmetic is the same level of dogma. There's no more efficient way to improve your strength. And to therefore improve all of the other things that come along with increased strength than five pounds of workout. Okay? You go in and you go up five pounds of workout. And it doesn't matter what it feels like. doesn't matter what you think it's going to feel like. doesn't matter what the warm-ups feel like. You put it on the fucking bar and you squat it. And 99% of the time, it'll go. But it won't go if you're a pussy. You have to have some balls about you. And there's no better way to learn about balls than to have done this. Workout after workout from here to here. Okay? And I don't know of, uh, I mean, if that's dogma, then it, so it's dogma. Well, yeah. it makes people. All right, that's it, fine. It makes people. It, it sounds more to me like arithmetic than it does yeah. dogma. So, so you can hear people. The argument is, and you can hear people saying this, trainers, coaches, you know, well, as long as people are doing something, you, you know, you hear that shit all the time. And this is where the dogma thing comes in. You yeah. know, you you talk about doing things a specific way. We talk about doing it this way. And what we're doing is optimizing this process. And, you know, you can... And any you, process can be optimized. Of course. Right? Of any course. Any process can be optimized. And the fact that we have done it makes us dogmatic. It's silly. Hey, it's silly as hell. Go to work for a fucking engineering firm and see if what they do is dogma. Right. You know, uh, yeah. we, all we're doing is engineering strength training. We have engineered the development of strength. And if that makes it dogmatic, go ahead. Look, you're entitled to both your own pronouns and your own <laughs> adjectives, okay? Yeah, I, enjoy I, that freedom. Obviously, while you still have it. obviously, it's better if somebody is not sedentary and is moving around and is going to the gym and doing something, right? Sure. But sure. look, if we're going to do but something, any idiot and we're can gonna, do that. Yeah, exactly. We're going to spend all this time thinking and doing and 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 get, having people give us money for it. Let's fucking do it the best way we can. You know, if it takes three days a week to go to the gym and fuck around 
for an hour and a half. Why don't you spend that hour and a half, three days a week, doing something more constructive that actually is a process of building something, acquiring something that's not there now, a, a designed process, a program that always works for everyone that does it. it it's the mere addition of five pounds of work. And that won't work forever, and when it stops working, we'll figure out a way to get it started again. But that's not your problem right now. Your problem is getting into the gym and not fucking around while you're there. Do something constructive. Squats, presses, bench presses, deadlifts, power clean, power snatch. Apply yourself to this process and make yourself stronger. Now, one of the other reasons that this is regarded as dogma is because we have said many, many times that load is the variable, not exercise variety. Not all exercises are as good as other exercises. Front squats are not as good as the back squat, the squat that we teach because the front squat doesn't involve as much muscle mass and doesn't allow you to produce as much force against an external resistance. Therefore, if we're trying to get strong, we have to squat in the way that makes the best use of the time under the bar, and that way is the squat with the bar a little bit lower on the back, and you more bent over, and your use of the long posterior chain muscles and a longer moment arm that calls all of that stuff into contraction. It's not front squatting. Now, if saying that front squatting doesn't work as well uh, seems like dogma to you, you haven't analyzed the movements at the level that we have. That's not my fault. That's your fault. Right? It, go do the work. Learn about it. Figure out what we know. Read the book. Hey, let us, you know, instead of just assuming what we say, read the book, learn what we say. If you disagree with it, I'll publish your refutation on our website. Write an article as to why our squat is wrong, and I'll publish the goddamn thing. Try me. You know? Well, the, you, you, you don't get to just say, you know, Ribitu's fat. You know, that's, well, the, that's the not ref, a refutation. The refutation is, is going to be, well, uh, Ribitu says that front squats don't make anybody strong. It's not, that's not what we're saying. It's not what we're saying. It's not what we're saying. Front squats will get you strong to a certain point. The squat will get you stronger, faster. That's right. More effective, more efficient use of time in the gym. And on a longer timeline, forever. Right. From now on, if you, you know, you training on your squat for four or five years and you decide you want to enter an Olympic lifting meet, well, you're going to have to front squat because that's how you get up out of the bottom of a clean. You have to front squat. You got to train the front squat. But you'll front squat more with a back squat of 600 than you will with a back squat of nothing. Right. And you will get stronger 
using the squat instead of the front squat for that entire period of time. And then once you're strong, go do whatever you want to do. If you all you want to do is high bar squats from then on, go ahead. I don't care how you squat as long as you're squatting 800 pounds. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me where the bar is. If you're squatting 800, you're strong. It's more efficiently accomplished doing it our way than it is your way. Because we've trained hundreds of thousands of people, and if shit doesn't work, we quit doing it. This process is a distillation. Okay? Now let's talk about this. I didn't wake up one day in 1980 knowing all the shit I know now. Uh, I have been training since uh, probably 1977. So, what's that, 44 years? I've been training in a gym for 44 years. And most of that time was spent doing things incorrectly. All right? I used to do all of the shit that you think you need to do. Because in my mind, I had not distilled the idea that strength was the most important thing we could be doing. I still held bodybuilding in some esteem. Because back then, you have to understand that back then, virtually all of the literature, all of the information, was concentrated in about three or four monthly paper magazines. Now, most people watching this cannot conceive of this paucity of information. But all we had was the Weeder organization, the York Barbell organization, and Iron Man, and maybe another magazine, Kennedy, a guy named Kennedy had a magazine. And that was it. Those were the, the sum total of all of the available information in print about barbell training and what would be called physical culture at the time, all right? The idea of training for strength was as, it was just, it hadn't gelled yet. It hadn't gelled. Bill Starr published Strongest Shall Survive, his strength training book for football, in uh, the middle 70s. And prior to that, there weren't any actual books on the subject that didn't have anything more than just pictures of a man doing a high bar squat in the bottom of the, the hole. You know, uh, a training course, quote unquote, back then was a series of pictures and a few words describing what to do. There was absolutely no such thing as an authoritative text on what to do. The exercise science literature wasn't any better then than it is now. And nobody had any opinions on this. And I was just one of these guys working in a gym, working out in a gym, working in a gym. And I had to figure most of this shit out by myself. And I did everything wrong. I did everything you can do wrong. I got hurt doing everything wrong. I'm beat up because I spent so many years doing things wrong. All right, I got hurt 
many other ways having fun. But there's, you know, you you can. I went. I remember very clearly going to powerlifting meets and walking up to the the squat bar with absolutely no thing in my head that would dictate the execution of a correct squat taking 540 out of the bar, out of the rack, and not knowing anything more about it than, well, I'm going to squat down and stand back up, and I hope I'm deep enough. That's it. That was the, that's the literal God's honest truth. There was no analysis of any of these lifts. You know, you walk up to a PR deadlift. I pulled 633 off the floor at a body weight of 220 in two separate meets, having absolutely no idea what to do other than to go over there and pick the damn thing up off the floor. No idea about any of the cues and any of the, any of the instruction about how to correctly execute the movement pattern that generates the most efficient one of these lifts. Uh, all of that was much later. All that was much, much later. And the whole period of time, that I was training for powerlifting, I was doing it wrong. You know, so yeah, you can get real strong wrong. But what we have developed here with starting strength is uh, essentially a shortcut building in ways around doing things wrong. All the shit that I did wrong has been removed. All the things that I've learned that make it right have been included. And our method works better than anybody else's method for getting strong over the shortest possible period of time, which is obviously the best way to do it because, you know, time is money, that sort of thing. Right? Now, you can fuck around and, and improve your deadlift for 30 years, but you're not going to get any stronger in 30 years than you can get in six or seven if you do it correctly. And you're a hell of a lot less likely to get hurt in the process if you do it correctly. Now, when you started training clients or when you were training clients, you were using barbells because that was what you did, right? Or was there another reason? No, when I bought the gym, uh, I had been competing in powerlifting for probably six years. And my idea was that, you know, without even being able to, to, you know, articulate it in this way is that who's stronger than powerlifters? Right. These guys come in and they want to get, they want to get strong. So I'll show them the squat, the bench press and the deadlift. I didn't even use the press back then. That was a terrible mistake. Yep. Not using the press, but I, again, I had to learn. I had to learn. I didn't always know all this shit. And I set everybody that, that joined my gym up, everybody, until, you know, probably seven or eight years ago when I quit handling the new members, everybody that came in the gym learned how to squat, bench press, and deadlift, and I taught them. Every one of them I taught. And I've taught thousands of people how to squat. Thousands of people out of squat. I very seriously doubt there's anybody on the planet 
with more experience at teaching the squat, the deadlift, the bench press to more people than I have. Now, I'm not Louis Simmons. You know, I don't teach competitive lifters how to do all this stuff. But Louis requires you to have like a 1,900 total before you go to the gym. So how much is Louis teaching you? Yep. You know, Louis's a programmer. Fine. I don't deal with those kind of people. I'm not interested in dealing with a bunch of juiced-up competitive power lifters. They're difficult to reason with. They're broke. They can't pay their fucking bills. And I would rather make a living <laughs> making people who can pay me stronger. All right? And that means I'm much more interested in dealing with those guys' dad than I am with dealing with them. And I've taught more of them than Louis taught. I don't know how many people Louis has taught to squat, bench, press, and deadlift that weren't already lifters. I suspect not many, since he publicly says he doesn't let him in his building. Uh, that's not. That's two different subjects. See, this is another thing. All right. A lot of people want to say that we're teaching powerlifting. Yep. We're not teaching powerlifting. There's not hardly any overlap between what barbell strength training does and what powerlifting does. Because we don't use the sumo stance on the, on the deadlift. We squat below parallel and nobody else does that. We devote as much attention, especially at first, to the press as we do the bench press. We don't use assistance exercises because assistance exercises can't be trained to be improved for a long period of time. The only thing we use are big, major compound joint exercises that can be, can be improved upon for years because nothing else is a productive use of time. We're completely different from powerlifting in that respect, and we are completely and utterly different from bodybuilding-type programs that emphasize aesthetics. I don't care if you have abs. It, there is no part of the process of acquiring abs that makes you stronger. Abs are dietary, and I don't care about that. I don't care about you showing abs. I know you think it's important, but it's not. All right? Uh, young men particularly fascinated with abs because they think that young women are fascinated with abs. All right? Larry Flint just died. <laughs> Larry Flint was a physical pile of shit. He always has been a physical pile of shit. But Larry Flint had a bunch of money, and he had a bunch of power, and he was con constantly surrounded by pussy. All right. Girls don't care about your abs. That's Young women are more superficial than that. <laughs> 
Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> more superficial than yes. that. <laughs> You're even more superficial yeah. than that. So we we we've been you know this I, you know all these goddamn comments from the haters these fucking idiots this is ignorance powerless they, they're just just so completely ignorant they don't understand what we're doing we're not we don't care what your abs look like we don't care if you've got a kyphosis we hell I'd rather train a sixty year old man with a kyphosis than a twenty year old kid with abs sure yep I'd a million times rather train. A 60-year-old man than a 20-year-old man. Yep. You know? Because the 60-year-old man has decided he's going to listen to me. Because he's come in, paid me a bunch of money, and he'll do what I tell him to do. And as a result, he'll get better, faster, because he'll do what I'm telling him to do instead of arguing with me about a bunch of ephemeral bullshit that has absolutely nothing to do with getting strong. Once again, getting strong is our primary concern. Now, if you're at 35% body fat, I would simultaneously encourage you to stop eating like a moron. Stop indulging every donut whim you have. Stop feeding yourself unnecessarily. Because you're just doing you're not doing that because you're hungry. You're just doing that because it, you know, you've learned that that makes you feel better. Well, you've got some problems to overcome, but once again, I would rather have a kid at 35% body fat that did exactly what I told him to do on his strength training, grow his muscles, let him burn more calories because he's got bigger muscles, and eventually impress upon him the idea that he doesn't need to be eating 400 grams of sugar a day because that's how people get that fat. You know, gradually work on his diet, but I'm not going to yell at anybody's abs. He may never show me any abs. I don't care. What do I care? I care how much he squats, bench presses, presses, and deadlifts. I want him to clean. I want him to clean 60% of his deadlift. I want him to power snatch 40% of his deadlift. I want him to do these things. I don't care how he looks. You've said a couple. Have you ever noticed that some people are just ugly? Oh, yeah. Some people are ugly motherfuckers. Yeah. Right? Like John Bolton. Yeah. The human toothbrush. John Bolton. That's an ugly man. Yeah. He'll he'll bomb your ass, right? Drone the fuck out of you. He'll drone the fuck (laughs) out of you. But that's an ugly man. That's why and there's so nothing angry. you can do about that, but I could get John Bolton strong. Yeah. Right? I could get John Bolton strong, but he's never going to be pretty. Yeah. Right? Some things you don't have any control over. Some people are fat. Some people just carry a bunch of body fat. That doesn't mean they can't be strong. And it certainly doesn't mean that they're ineligible to train. You know, those of you who think that a person's physical appearance has to be a certain way like these idiots on the floor over here all right have not truth eludes you all right things like this are sometimes elusive to stupid people all right 
if I can take a guy that's ugly and fat and make him stronger, even if he remains ugly and fat, he's going to be better as a human being. He's going to be better because he's stronger and because of the things he learns from the process of getting stronger. He's going to learn things in this process while he executes the tasks that he has assigned himself. Three days a week, coming in the gym, adding a little weight every time to the same exercises he's done before. He's going to learn things during that process, learn how to do harder things that he thinks he can already do that will benefit him in his intellectual, his mental, his spiritual existence. And these will improve him, even though he's still ugly and he's still fat. He's better. He won't be as ugly because muscle mass tends to make people look better. And he won't be as fat because muscle mass tends to make people's body fat go down. But even if the guy never breaks below 28% body fat, I'd much rather have this guy around me after two years of training than some with goddamn ab fetishes, you know. No shit. Someone who's done something hard for Someone two years done hard is a much more years. pleasant person to be around than somebody who's all who's up just in their been on a diet, all up in their own ass, right. you know, mentally fucked up from bulking and cutting. That's right, and has never done a hard thing in his life because that you know, yeah, sure, dieting and shit is hard, but uh, going to the gym and doing sets of of whatever in front of a mirror is not hard. Dieting is merely not doing something. Getting under the squat, getting under the last set of five squats and finishing the fifth rep is doing something. It's different than not having some more potatoes. Yep. The whole different yep. thing. Right. And I really, I, I hate to say this, but I've never met, oh, I've met one or two. I actually met one or two mentally healthy bodybuilders. You know, Jim Steele goes to bodybuilding contests and he's normal. Yeah, but he you was know, he's also strong as shit. Those guys, every good bodybuilder I've ever met, every good contest bodybuilder is a little wacky, but right. they're all, you know, those guys are all 405 benchers. Yep. You know, you can't have a a prize-winning physique at that level without a big bench press. Sure. Arnold you know, started as a bodybuilder. Ronnie Coleman started as a Powerlifter. Powerlifter. Ronnie Coleman started as a powerlifter. All, all of the real. All, all those guys were lifters. Yeah. All, all the guys from the 80 were lifters. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt. You know, I had a guy that used to train in the gym over here that, uh, hell, I rented him a room out at my house for six or eight months one time. And uh, that that guy was, he was, he, he was doing sets of eight on the incline at 315. You know, he was he was a big, strong guy and uh, worked out at the base and and uh, was a was a was a good lifter, but competed in bodybuilding as well. But I'm talking about little skinny fuckers at right. 190 that 
think they're bodybuilders yeah. and shit. They're not actually bodybuilders. They're not actually bodybuilders. They're body wasters. They're body, Stan, wasters. You know, yeah. they're body wasters. They're body wasters. Yeah. That's what they are. They they're is so eaten up with the idea that they've got to take all this fat off that everything else in their training existence suffers as a result right. of that, of that obsession. And it's obsessive, compulsive behavior, and it's not healthy. Never squatted 315. Never squatted 315. Never Don't see the point. Right. What's the, uh, Why would I want to squat 315 when I got this leg extension machine? Yeah. What's the board shorts division? It's like, oh, I don't know. They made up a new one for all the skinny guys that don't want to put muscle on. So they allow them to wear board shorts so you don't see their legs. Right. No, I saw that at yeah. the Arnold that year I went. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, they, they all these guys walking, wandering around with all this tan shit on them and, <laughs> you know, weighing about 165 yeah. pounds with board shorts on. And all had jaunty little haircuts. Right. You know, where it turns right. up and shit. And uh, gel and, you know, all of them smelled funny. And it was just, I, I didn't see the point of that. They call that. Uh, yeah, I think of what the called. Is it figure? That's, that's no, that's girls. Women, right? Yeah, that's the girls. That's girls. I don't know. I don't know what they call yeah. it. I don't know what they call it either. But uh, but they just get up there and pose in board shorts? Yeah, and they do some little, you know, it, it's not classic it's bodybuilding thing. posing. It's, it's a different men's phys- I don't know what to call it and I you know what I don't care what they call it. I'm glad I don't know what they call it I that's a point of pride to me I don't know what that fucking shit is called and I don't intend to learn don't look that up Nick I'm not looking I it don't up. look it up I'm not looking it up I have a question to ask you and I'm looking at why are you showing me this Rusty what is he that he pulls up a picture of these guys on his phone to show don't, me Rusty let it go <laughs> let it go you're not eligible to do that anyway too big. He's too big. <laughs> Rusty's too big. Too strong. He squatted over 315 before. Can't not elevate. They won't let they won't even let we'll you let in. What's your max squat? 365. Ah, get out of here. Ah, yeah. your your, your priorities are all fucked up. Right? Too big. <laughs> now look, you, you went you've said a couple times that this is a, a, a distillation. Now that's uh y- yeah, it's a distillation, but that's no different from what you know, you brought up Louis Simmons. It's no different from what Louis Simmons does. No, you know, it's not. It's, it's not. He's distilled a different it's thing not, than I. It's have. not just the distillation, though. So, the, yeah, the distillation is important, but because of who you are and the people you've you've surrounded yourself with, the distillation is also supported by the reality, the the, yes. the concepts, the first a lot, principles. A lot of data right. in terms of the results. The results. But I have had a lot of people help me understand. The engineering, the mechanics, the physiology, right. all of the stuff that is involved in building the basis for this method. Right. In other words, why got. why the experience that you've got, the experience uh, you as a lifter and with your clients, uh, is the way it is, and then your ability to explain it too. Yes. In writing and in verbally. My ability to explain it is to some extent, uh, you know, my my talent. Right. Uh, I'm one of these fucked up people that explains things better. Excessively. That, that, thinks, that <laughs> thinks better when they're speaking right. and explaining yep. than other people do. I can stand up and give a two-hour lecture, and at the end of that two-hour lecture, we'll have learned something yep. about the material that I haven't known before. 
And I have no, I know other people like that, but they're, that's uncommon. I'm not particularly intelligent. I'm above average intelligence, but I'm not a genius. But the thing I do is explain things well. I'm a very, very, very good teacher. Right. I'm a much better teacher than any teacher I've ever had. Yeah, and there's not a lot of guys in, in in fitness or barbell training, especially who who are who are that. And no. I have other theories too. You know, you're constantly arguing with somebody, you know, in your head or right. whatever. You're, and then you also uh, you, you like to talk and discuss things. Um, and and the the way you you write is very. Uh, uh, yeah, fuck, I've watched you type shit, and it's like you write a sentence, and then you read it. That's not how most people do stuff. Most people just yeah. shit it all out and then go yeah. back and, and re-edit it. So it's it's all of those things. And um, it, so so starting strength is not the, – the contribution to this thing from starting strength is not squats and three sets of five and add right. five pounds. Everybody's done That's that That's the application. Before. That's the application. Right. So when somebody says, oh, this is just repackaged whatever, Bill Starr stuff or whatever, that's not the contribution. The contribution that starting strength brings is – the systemization of this of these principles and concepts. Yeah, it's the, it's it's the application. How do you get strong? First of all, strength is important. We all agree on that. And if you don't, we don't mm-hmm. even need to talk anymore. Right? right? I mean, it does, doesn't yeah, matter. You're, you're interested in something else. You're interested in something else. Yeah. You you are more concerned about your abs and get strong. Yep. That's fine. I'm not your resource. Right. Right. And. What what you know? But what really is interesting is this is not repackaged anything. It's not. It's not anything about this is repackaged. But that's what people say. Bill Starr, his program in Strongest Shall Survive, and there wasn't a program in Defying Gravity. Right. His program in Strongest Shall Survive was sets of five all the way up. With one, it was heavy, light, medium. It was an intermediate, what we call an intermediate program. Right. It was not go up every time you train. He never said anything about that to me. He never put it in an article. He was not in the book. I stumbled upon that myself. As far as I know, I'm the first one to come up with this shit. And uh, we don't do ascending sets of five. Right. We pyramid warm-ups, and we do sets of cross five because that works better than getting tired before the work set. So... This is not repackaged anything. Yeah. I didn't invent sets of five. Right. Right? I just recognize their utility. Everybody knows about sets of five. If you ever trained anybody for strength, you use sets of five because they work better. And you know that. That's all we're doing here. The ACSM agrees with you. Oh, good. Right. Uh, yeah. Four four to six reps. You know, I mean, they, they're science, right? So they've got to give I thought they a, were still saying eight to 12 reps. No, for strength, it's four to six reps. Ah. Is this, but that's only for advanced it's for advanced, advanced trainees. Advanced trainees yeah. who need to be strong because people who are just starting out have no need to be strong. Right. Or stronger. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant. That's an awfully clear thinking. These are scientists. Follow the science. Oh, God almighty. People don't even know what the word means, do they? They don't have any idea what science even is. It's just interesting. So uh, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. This is just a little rant, so to speak. We don't do powerlifting. We don't do bodybuilding. 
Olympic weightlifting is a completely separate thing entirely. We are doing barbell strength training. We use barbells. Now, it also happens that powerlifters use barbells as well. They don't use them like we do. A tool can be used several different ways, right? Bodybuilders sometimes use barbells. We don't use them like they do. Olympic weightlifters use barbells. We don't use them like they do. We use barbells in a particular way, and the way we use them has been doctored. It has been, it has been adjusted. It has been the subject of a great deal of thought, a great deal of throwing out and adding to, and the process that we have arrived at works better than anybody else's approach to the problem of getting stronger. Lifting heavier weights. That's what we want you to do. There is no other way to measure strength than the amount of force you can generate against an external resistance. That's what strength is. There's no other definition of strength. Uh, it's another bold statement, but think about little, it for think about it for bold a minute. Statement. Yeah. Think about it for a minute. Think about the fact that super training was written by Mel Siff and Verkashansky some decades ago, and in that book, I think Siff outlined what he thought were nine different types of strength. This is preposterous. It's talked about to this day. It, it's, it's absurd and preposterous. I don't know anybody that ever finished that book all the way through, and I don't know anyone who ever applied any of the principles in that book to, to a strength training program and effectively made somebody stronger as a result of it. And as a result, the book is basically out of print and nobody's read it. On the other hand, our book has sold three-quarters of a million copies, a lot of people have read it, and lots and lots and lots of people have gotten stronger as a result of doing this little simple program that we have put together, that we have distilled into not only the way to do these exercises the most efficiently that they can be done, but programming them in a way that every single time it is used, it makes the trainee stronger. Stronger is all we're concerned about. We don't care about your abs. We don't care about your tan. Okay? I don't care about your eight inches above parallel partial squat. And your, you know, 60% of that deadlift that always seems to accompany it. I don't care about any of that shit. <laughs> I don't care about your suits, your wraps. None of that shit is of any concern to me. I'm concerned about getting you stronger. And I'm especially concerned about getting you stronger if you'll listen to what I'm saying. I'm not concerned about proving that I'm right because I already know that I am. I'm just concerned with you understanding that if you do it our way, you always get stronger. And that strength is the only thing I'm concerned about. I don't care about your abs. I don't care if you have a belly. All I'm concerned with, all I'm concerned with is that you start down 
the process of applying these simple principles of stress, recovery, adaptation, which is the basis of this whole thing, and applying those in a way that makes you stronger, five pounds of workout, and going through the process of strengthening both your posterior chain and your heart. And by heart, I mean, you know, the thing that makes you who you are. Because it really does that. You know, it strengthens your 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 constitution. This process is terribly important. Uh, and if that's dogma, fine. It's dogma. So is arithmetic. Okay? And I'm sure there'll be comments from the haters because these stupid motherfuckers just can't help themselves. So people we'll, said, people we'll, who, we'll, we'll eagerly await the comments. That's right. Yeah, people who are, embark on this kind of thing, you, uh, you read that first sentence and you should spend some time thinking about it because it's, you know, I mean, maybe maybe when you're first starting out, it's just a thing you're doing, but uh, but it is it is true, you know. The the I, I don't know how you came up with that, you know. Was it in the first edition? It's been in there the whole time, you know. I, I don't know how you sit down and start writing a barbell training book, but I mean, it's a hell of a way to start a book, and um, uh, everything, you know. If you just look at that as a as you know, essentially, here's what the next three hundred something pages are going to be about. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Uh, it just, you know, the, the process of the first chapter I actually wrote in the first book was the squat chapter. That's the first thing I started writing down. And it took the, and this was an interesting process because it kind of went the same way that training does. I had to start thinking in detail about things that I hadn't previously articulated. Mm-hmm this way, but they had to be articulated because that was the purpose of writing the book. I started with the squat chapter and then I probably wrote the deadlift chapter next. And by the time I wrote the introduction where that, where that sentence appears, I had, uh, I had spent several months, uh, reflecting upon what I had, Mm. what I had known. Right. And the experiences I'd had with, uh, my clients over the years, members of the gym, old people I knew. And, you know, by the time I wrote that book, my dad had already died, and I'd seen the profound consequences of the loss of physical strength over a person's life. And it's, uh, it's devastating to watch. But it's even more devastating to understand that it doesn't have to happen. If you will just get up off your ass and do something hard, challenge yourself to do something you don't know you can do and learn from the experience. Dogma, fine with me. See you next week. Starting Strength Radio.